Like so many love stories, this one begins in Oxford. Although I was not then, and I certainly am not now, a philosopher, when I was an undergraduate at St Hilda's College, I struck up an unlikely friendship with the college's junior philosophy don, Cathy Wilkes. In the summer of 1974, Cathy was house-sitting for a relative who had a rather splendid house in Parktown, a location that plays a key role in Colin Dexter's Inspector Morse novel, The Way Through the Woods. I spent a lot of time there that summer, often lying in a hammock, eating figs and drinking wine and conversing endlessly. Cathy, like me, was a reader of crime fiction, and one afternoon we fell to talking about detective novels set in Oxford. She was astonished to discover that I had never heard of Edmund Crispin's The Moving Toy Shop, and immediately slid from her hammock and headed indoors. She emerged a few minutes later with a battered green and white penguin. I knew they'd have a copy, she exclaimed, thrusting it at me. And so another reading infatuation began. Imagine a mashup of a carry-on film with the locked room mysteries of John Dixon Carr, passed through a sieve of cultural allusions and rather fine prose, then stirred with a dreaming spire till it reaches a frenzied boiling point. That should give you a flavour of what to expect if you dive into the work of a man who had published eight crime novels and 21 musical compositions by the age of 32. For a sense of scale, it took me till the same age to publish my first crime novel. This extraordinary precocity took flight in Oxford, already with a growing reputation as a composer under his real name of Bruce Montgomery. It was in Oxford that Crispin was persuaded by an actor friend to read a detective novel. I was a bit of an intellectual snob in those days, he admitted years later. A friend lent me a copy of The Crooked Hinge, by John Dixon Carr. I went to bed with it, not expecting very much. But at two o'clock in the morning, I was still sitting up with my eyes popping out of their sockets. And of course, I finished the book that night. It was to be a seminal moment in my career, and to alter it entirely. For although subsequently I read and enjoyed other detective story writers, in particular Michael Innes and Gladys Mitchell, it was Carr who induced me to try my hand at one myself, thus creating Edmund Crispin. So it was that instead of spending the Easter vacation before his finals revising for his exams, in a ten-day burst of creativity, Crispin penned his debut novel, The Case of the Gilded Fly. It introduced us to his detective, the Oxford Professor of English Language and Literature, Gervais Fenn the first in a long line of academic eccentrics in Crispin's armoury of characters. The Case of the Gilded Fly opens with a brilliant two-page disquisition on the travails of the rail journey from Didcot to Oxford, as trying then as it is now. Crispin is very funny and perceptive about train journeys, which are a recurrent motif in his work, a regular opportunity for his irreverent and individual character sketches. Oxford conferred greater benefits on Edmund Crispin than a rich and evocative backdrop to his stories. He was, by the accounts of everyone who knew him, a charming companion. Sociable, witty, entertaining, generous and always first to the bar when it came to buying the next round of drinks.